Right, this week mm. we have time for an intro. Oh, brilliant. One Good Thing, the podcast that don't need an interrogation. Mm. I'm Paul Double Heppel. I'm looking at you, Paul. Shit, we're doing Taxi Driver. <laughs> but with the, <laughs> with the sun from another year. <laughs> uh, excuse me, can I... Um... <laughs> oh no, I just thought you were doing uh, underage prostitutes in here. No? No? You're not? Okay, mm. yep, next door, next door, got it. Thank, thank you, thanks. Oh, we've already made this non- non-family appropriate. Uh, One day we'll do a nice episode of all this. We did that. Uh <laughs> We did that. It was bad. I didn't like it. We had to cut out so much stuff, so much horrible stuff <laughs> that we had to say. So much butt stuff. It was our remit as comedians, as amateur comedians, <laughs> to challenge you with horrendous her- stuff. Horrendous. As as just actual human jokes, we had to um, we had to en- engage in the most depraved form of our art. Yeah. Welcome to episode two hundred and sixty, everyone. <laughs> We are still talking about films we like because it's time for another great movie. Yeah. Yeah. For those who are new or are only used to hearing us talk about Space Jam 2 or old, every 10 episodes we watch a usually recent film that one or both of us feels is destined to be considered a great film Mm. and discuss the likelihood of the film achieving that legacy. It's the actual original premise I had for this show before it became all about Adam Sandler. Yeah, but like everything in life, it just it eventually becomes about Adam Sandler. It's Jackie's law. <laughs> yeah, nothing, nothing survives the uh, the sort of development process fully without it eventually becoming yeah. Adam Sandler adjacent. Not eventually. You want to see what Jack and Jill started as? Oh God, it was, it was it a was mass this transit system. The <laughs> transit system. In Singapore. The transit system in Singapore that was completely pollution free and funded social projects somehow without charging money to anyone who rode in it but now it was absolutely stunning but two two three meetings later al pacino dancing about coffee and donuts (laughs) how did this happen everyone asked but nobody nobody disagreed that it was inevitable so we avoid genre Mm -hmm. um our own top 10 lists and aim for movies that aren't very well known. Yeah. Uh, it's not a hidden gems thing that we're doing. We've, do- we've done a few of those, but we're aiming for movies where the legacy is at least a little ambiguous or perhaps yes. the threat of being forgotten is there. Yes. Because yeah. there are plenty about. Oh, yeah. God, loads. So, uh, and yeah, again, it was the whole idea was to try and shift thinking away from the they don't make movies like that anymore to get people to think about all of the just the gems that come out are loved and then just slip away and, you know, mm. to try and keep people's cinematic memory going and remembering that amazing films get released, like, every year. Yeah. Just because you don't watch yeah. them in your formative years. Um, yeah. But we remember. Exactly. And that's why exactly. you're paying us. And, you know. Wait, hang on. Some of them are. The go- yeah. They're not paying us. What? No one? Not even the government? Oh. They said well, there was a... Fu- I mean, now I think about it, he said he was from the government. Well, he wasn't even wearing a suit. He was, you know, he was like <laughs> in a costume, a like, a, a big like a a pig costume, series of cabbages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. A pig costume. He he may he may have been the grocery stall at uh, at my local shop, <laughs> but he made but some pretty no big promises. Now. And uh, we believed him. It it did dictate how we spent the last five years of our life. <laughs> well, and also. You know, you think of 2010 cinema, obviously you think of Suicide Squad, and we want to try and shift that and just get you thinking about yeah. other things, such as this. Um, I yeah. picked the first two and scored a 50% yes. success rate of convincing goods mm. on their greatness, but did get did manage to get him to watch an Ozu and Avada into the bargain. So There's that as well. Avada into the bargain. success for me. Avada into the bargain, and that's that's all I, I require. So we now hand over to him, mm. and he has selected Mike Lee's 2010 comedy drama, Another year. You hungry? I'm starving. We're very lucky. Yeah, you are. But you deserve it. You're both such lovely people. Mum, Dad, this is Katie. Hello. This is Tom and Jerry. Hello. Hello. Tom and Jerry, that's brilliant. <laughs> this is for you, Tom. Yeah, Buenos Aires. Yeah, because I thought that. Well, you went there, didn't you, the two of you, Argentina? No, I didn't, no. Didn't you? 
eat, drink, be merry. It's lovely having your dinner cooked for you. You don't really bother when you're by yourself, do you? I don't, anyway. He was a good-looking man when he was young, was he? Hmm. Life's not always kind, is it? Yes. Um, forgot you'd be handing over to me, so uh, this is... Oh. <laughs> This is. Uh, oh, don't worry, I have a lot of notes on production. I meant the handover uh, for selection. Oh, great. <laughs> oh, okay, fine. Yes, Mike, Mike Lee's 2010 Another Year, starring Jim Broadbent, uh, Ruth Sheen, <laughs> Leslie Manville. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And some some other people who are all those sort of Mike Lee some mainstays. Other people. And, um, yeah, part of his repertoire. Yeah. Yeah, repertory. Yeah. Well, Lee, for anyone who doesn't know, Mike Lee is a British director who started in theatre in the 60s and 70s and then made television plays in the 70s, most memorably Nuts and May and Abigail's Party, and mm. then has been regularly directing movies since the 80s, scoring breakout success with Naked in 1993, mm. a dangerous Scouse man, as all Scouse men, and Secrets and Lies in 1996. Yeah. Both are very, very good. Um, his films usually portray and satirise middle-class British life, but he's also made some really good historical dramas like Topsy Turvy, Vera Drake, Mr. Turner, and Peterloo. Mm. Uh, nevertheless, Another Year sees him return to low-budget filmmaking, uh, but he employed a m- many members of his usual cast and utilised his usual technique of working with his actors on their characters for months for months in advance and then encouraging them to improvise in rehearsals, mm. which then informs the shooting script. Yes. Which is lovely, and which is a lovely way of doing it. Set and it, and, it, and it shows. I think nobody's wasting any film, but everybody gets to determine what gets said, and then you yep. just write it down. Yeah, it's good stuff. Mm. And critics loved it. Yeah, Dad sucker Roger Ebert at the Chicago <laughs> Sun Times says not every year, <laughs> not every year brings a new Mike Lee film, but the years that do are blessed with his sympathy, penetrating observation, mm. and instinct for human comedy. <laughs> Ah, fuck! Dance, son. Yeah. Get him out of here. <laughs> um, I thought I thought that was going to be leading into a <laughs> hackerific uh, another year joke. It's not every year that Mike Lee oh, brings shit. out a movie, but another year. But it is dot, another dot, dot. year. No, <laughs> no not not <laughs> from not Roger Ebert, Ebert. son. It's too busy. No. Too busy blasting fools. <laughs> too busy filling you full of lead, sucker. So, Peter Travers is where you go for that kind of yeah, for that kind that of kind of japery. <laughs> Uh, public also thought it was a good film that is good. Oh, wow. Martin Yule over on Google said, The writing was superb and the acting ranged from wonderful to outstanding. Range there. That is a good range. That's the kind of range you want to be operating yeah. in. What are the nuances between wonderful and outstanding? Paul? Just, yes. <laughs> wonderful, yes, outstanding. <laughs> Love it. Uh, the film has 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. making it his fourth most unanimously enjoyed film, Ooh. but only 80% on Metacritic, suggesting an average of four out of five stars, making it his ninth best received film oh, out of 14. Mm. But it was up for the Palm d'Or at the 2010 Cannes Film Festival, ah. but lost to Uncle Boonmi, who can recall his past lives, by Apichapong Wirasatakul. Okay. Uh, gave it a go. And it was up for the Oscar for Best Screenplay, but lost to David Seidler's script for The King's Speech. Of course it did. I li- he had a stutter. I like, oh, that's wonderful how he overcame that. And it is. But <laughs> but also, the, I, I, I did enjoy The King's Speech, but it is that kind of film, yeah. isn't it? It's the kind of film that wins the Best Oscar for Best Screenplay. Because mm. there's lots of bits where people, you know, talk to each other. Yeah. And yell things like, I have a voice! Yeah. Yell things that can easily fit into a trailer. Yell things at Jeffrey Rush and you're getting an Oscar. That's essentially how it works. Nobody knew why back then. So Oscar baby. Um, Jeffrey Rush played every other character. <laughs> Classic Jeff- yes! Jeffrey Rush move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so plural, you duplicitous shit. Um, mm, tasty. Life's not always kind, is it? Really? By which I mean, how come this? Yeah, how come this? Well, <laughs> hack on this. This is a film I uh, have seen many times uh, around the time it came out in 2010. I can't remember if um, I or we saw this at a cinema. Or... I did not. I saw no. it. I saw my mum's copy when she bought one. And 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 you went, oh, mum, mum. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I she did. Already but I... Show me naked. Mm. Show me you mm. naked again um, <laughs> on DVD. Why did you have this DVD? <laughs> <laughs> but um, whilst Paul was asking those questions, I think I saw it in the cinema. <laughs> but I, but I, I did see it a few times um, when it mm. came out on DVD as well, and. Um, you know, showing it to friends, and I always oh, loved. You might have lent it to me. And I might have done. That sounds like something I'd have done. When, when yeah. we, f- I we was were... a big like Mike Lee fan, but I yeah. think you lent it, and then we when, bought our own copy. When we yeah. first became friends, there were a few movies of mine that you hadn't seen. Yes, yes, you got me. 
Yeah. You got me up to date on the American indie cinema uh, sort of thing, the Noah Baumbaches and oh, the yeah. uh, Wes Andersons. Yeah, and then this. And Goodbye Lennon. Yeah. Did yeah. I? Oh, brilliant. Yeah. I don't I remember it. even owning that, but um, I probably <laughs> just told you about it to sound cool once we run out of Futurama well, that quiz. man said he'd come from you. <laughs> Lots of men say Take that. Paul sent me. <laughs> They were like, your mate sent me. And you went, oh, Paul Goodman from Charlton. <laughs> and you went, yeah, that's that's it. Anyway, bye. And um, yeah, so I, I I just remember at the time the the mm. picture of, of this ideal life of Jim Broadbent and Rusheen's uh, Tom and Jerry. Mm. Just so lovely. And it being, yeah. this, it being this haven for their friends who are troubled or you know, just very tragic stories. Um, yeah. And an interesting haven. Yeah, it's a, a somewhat yeah. troubling haven. For yes, someone. which this rewatch mm. did um, highlight mm. actually. So we'll yeah. get onto that later. But um, yes, well, let's um, let's talk about yes. what happens in this fella up to a point. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I just wanted to. Oh yeah, so so also. always remembered it. Always thought of it as this this one British movie about um, mm. about regular people's lives. It didn't make me thoroughly miserable. And 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 it I'll was incredibly well directed and acted and mm. yeah, just very memorable for that. And yeah. yeah, it's like like you said, it's just one of those films that slips through the cracks. It's it's a wonderful yeah. film, but it's um it's under like understandably, it just doesn't doesn't stay in the public memory as well. It's a, you know it's a British film, no. so it doesn't get international acclaim in the same way. Um, yeah, and I don't think it was marketed very well. Like I'm looking at the DVD cover here, and it just mm. it looks like one of those incredibly twee for the mum movies yes and you i know, think the trailer the ones, isn't amazing either yeah the ones that you know have giant giant lumley in it and sort of you know oh yeah. you're never too old to go to a yoga class and it's just <laughs> yeah you know and fall oh, in people love naked walking into the, the sea uh, oh imagine uh, yeah look it up <laughs> and yeah consequently i think it maybe didn't appeal to the same people it should have when yeah it's got some teeth to this one as we shall see <laughs> when we talk about what happens hmm. So no. we start with a testy doctor's visit between mm. evil nun Imelda Staunton and um, Lee regular Michelle Austin. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. Well. it's immediately crushing. <laughs> How much alcohol are you drinking? I don't drink. My husband drinks. Is that a problem? No. Are you taking any drugs? Medication? How about coffee? You drinking a lot to keep awake? Coffee, yes. Tea? Yes. We might have to look at that, mightn't we? Your blood pressure is slightly raised, but I'm not overly concerned about that at the moment. But I do want you to have a blood test just to check your thyroid. You can make an appointment at reception. All right? Yes. Now, I will give you something to help you sleep, but just enough for a week. What good's that? Insomnia isn't a disease. Sleeping tablets won't make it go away. We need to find the cause. Now, you're obviously anxious and a little depressed. So I want you to come back and speak to our counsellor. What for? Oh, she's got very deep hurts. Yeah, she she's incredibly depressed and anxious <laughs> and has no way of communicating this. Um, like no yeah, faculties yeah. for communicating this to the doctor. Yeah. Um, and she's rec- she's mm. referred to a counsellor. Yeah. Mm. And we cut away from there in order to catch up with Boo. Poor <laughs> Ben doing some pottering about in the rain. Yeah. Mm. He and it's, his wife, Ruth Sheen, are off to the allotment. That's yeah. what some people in England have instead of land. Yeah. <laughs> but they have to pay extra for it. And um, a oh, lot yeah. of it are on waiting lists that last <laughs> oh, years. Oh, yeah, I'm on a waiting list for a, a, a two-foot carrot, carrot patch. <laughs> two-foot um, carrot. A two-foot told, carrot. <laughs> the man told me. The man told me. a single carrot in this guy's allotment, he said, so long as I wait till 2079. And then he walked away and became a, a couple of crates of cabbages and... Oh shit! And tricked Very. you into various things down market again. Yeah. Oh Christ. Well, Broadbent is a geologist. Yeah. And uh, he has a Ralph Innocent on his staff, so there's trouble ahead. Yeah. Got to watch out for that. But fortunately, that story doesn't <laughs> unfold in this film. Yeah. Thank Christ. That, we save that for the sequel. Another Innocent. <laughs> the, sa- the same Innocent. <laughs> shit. Directed by Gaspar Noé this time. So watch out. <laughs> Fucking hell, um, we're all doomed. Yeah. Ruth Sheen as a counselor, and uh, Melda Staunton comes to see her. Yeah. She's got some probing questions for Staunton. What would you say was the happiest moment in your life? What do you mean? Your nicest memory. Ever think? When your children were born? Your wedding day? I don't know. Take your time. I can't remember. Can't or won't? Hmm? Can't or won't remember. 
What's your happiest memory? Huh? What is it? Yeah. Wedding day? Kids? Was that any good? Tell me your best day, you piece of shit. <laughs> is that it? You slug. Um, yeah. <laughs> was it, did you say what? What would you change? Um, and and yeah. the murder sword and says a new. I, I want a new life, and that's great. Yeah. And, well, yeah. He says, um, "What's the one thing that would make you happy?" That's it. Different life. Change is scary, isn't it? No, I just said the opposite. Of that I, I want literally everything to change. <laughs> Every single thing that I have, I want it. I want it changed. Uh, I'm talking scary. metaphorically, right? So <laughs> I was talking about me. Oh. <laughs> so she goes out and um, and Ruth's facade. Jerry is her name. Her facade breaks, and she, <clears throat> you can tell that yeah. that took a toll on her. Yeah. But she goes back to her lovely idyllic life, and uh, their son shows up. Mm. Well, she goes to meet her anxiety-inducing mate, Leslie Manville, and uh, she's fine. Oh, how can I forget? She's fine, honest. Just yeah. <laughs> you could put an ad in the paper. <laughs> Chef wanted. Yeah. Chef stroke boyfriend required for gorgeous girl. No, mature woman with cat. <laughs> no, mature-ish. We don't want to put them off, do we? <laughs> because she's divorced and struggling with money a bit, but she's getting a car. She's fine, okay? Drinking she's, alone. She's getting a car, so finally she's going to be independent. And, yeah, she's um, be f- and, she, and, and she's fine. And yeah. she doesn't know where people keep asking if she's fine or not. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's getting a lot now. People keep asking if I'm fine. I'm so obviously fine. Anyway, how's your hot son? I mean, son. I mean, hot son. Yeah, hot son. I mean, I want to fuck him. I mean, <laughs> I want to fuck you. Mm, I'm fine. The important the thing to remember about this is I'm fine. That's the main takeaway. Never mind that. Uh, Broadbent made chili. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it chili or is it arabiata? Oh, I, I can remember it said hot and I thought he had said chili, but I did miss it. So uh, I always assumed he was making a spicy Italian sauce. Uh, that makes way more sense in the context of who he is and the it life t- he's living. Yeah. And it was a tiny pot as well. <laughs> That's the sort of I made thing the, that you work I made out a during. tiny chili for our tiny family. <laughs> That's the sort of thing you work out during those rehearsals, you see. That's true. Uh, but yes, we do meet their son, Paul Merton, who... Um, <laughs> He's some kind of slightly racist solicitor. Yeah. Some mothers do have him. Yeah. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, uh, yeah. He's, yeah. he's, he's doing a good job, but he's quite out of touch. <laughs> so, um, so that's great. Yeah. Perfectly fine. Leslie Mann is coming to an awkward dinner. She's definitely fine. Leave her alone. Yeah. And um, she's still there the next day when Paul Merton gets home and has a right old flirt of fun with her. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Never forget to kiss your mum. I never do. <laughs> no, you're a good boy, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> I remember when you were this big, you were a naughty boy. Well, I still am from time to time. Oh, really? I like your coat. Oh, thank you. I think I'm a bit overdressed for a Sunday morning. What do you think? Is that what you wore in bed? Slept in your bed, actually. Is that all right? As long as you clean the sheets. Oh, I didn't actually. Is that a problem? I'll have to wait and see, won't we? At each other. Yeah, yeah, it's horrible. And uh, <laughs> uh, there's some there's some more chat. Paul Merton doesn't have a girlfriend yet, and he gets an opportunity oh. to look sadly into the distance. And um, but but intentionally <laughs> when, so when because the girl the girl he ends up with is just like over there, so she's yeah, trying to scratching her ass. <laughs> I love her. And um, she's a tennis poster. She's great. <laughs> he just so yeah, it's, uh, yeah. He 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 meets the tennis poster, not the girl from the tennis poster. He just. <laughs> carries around this poster with him for, for yeah. years after that. It's really sad, actually. Well, you know, Merton does mention that his uh, friend is getting married, but, um, ah, well, you know, I'm sure that he's going to work out for him, him being single and all that. It's not the worst decision in the world. Anyway, cut to the next uh, sp- season and to a fat, deeply unhappy, lonely old man struggling to manage to with, his, with all of his beer and crisps to wedge himself into a seat on public transport. Yeah, in, 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 what, I, in what I sat back from the film and said to Nell, um, the most obviously British <laughs> image <laughs> in all of cinema. It's Ken. Big fuck up Ken. Yes, Poor Ben's Jesus. old schoolmate. Yeah. Jesus. Alcoholic, slovenly, cripplingly lonely and unfulfilled. Yeah. Working a shite job working for people younger than him. Yeah. And uh, he's married? No, oh, no, he's single. He's single. Cool. He's cool, single. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Good. Great, great, great. I'll just change all those notes. And he gets, <laughs> yeah, he, he gets over and he has a bit of um, Russell Tussle with Jim Broadbent, days of old. Yeah. And then um, they have a lovely Ooh. dinner where occasionally he'll say things like, <gasps> fucking young people. <laughs> and, and, and the two, Tom and Jerry go, what do, you, what do you mean, mate? Oh, have, some more, have some more sauce. Yeah, mm. probably, so, probably should. Not those fucking kids will get it. It's a bit of a mess, but it suits me. Yeah. Five minutes walk to work. I usually get the bus, but if I'm late, I have to leg it if I miss the bus. I stop at a cat to pick up breakfast. I have a croissant if they haven't got any ice buns. Cup of tea. I have to smuggle it in. Just like Steve, you're right fascist. How about we go on a walking holiday together? <sighs> oh, well. <gasps> 
suit yourself then. <gasps> we should probably get some happier Sorry. friends. <laughs> Sorry, mate, your mouth breathing is distracting me from my loneliness. Um, <laughs> he manages. And, uh, he, I mean, he, man- he does yeah. manage to get into the golf course, though. That'll be good. Bit of exercise, yeah. friendly. Oh, he has a good cry, Paul. We didn't mention oh, he has that. A bloody he has a real good, good cry, cry, mate. Of course, you gotta have a bloody yeah. good cry when you're like when you know living See in Britain. Mates. Senior mates in Britain, <laughs> but yeah, he's gonna he's gonna go for golf the next when you're alone day. and senior mates in Britain. Yeah, yeah, bit of golf, you know, a bit of exercise, yeah, friendly competition, world of good. Oh, he's just so yeah. lonely and fat and old though. Yeah, he's a lot of all it of is, those uh, things. He 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 is all of those things, and they try to ignore it for the most part <laughs> because it's barbecue time, Ooh! and Leslie Manville's gonna gonna come, um, yeah. especially because the sun's there. Yeah, and she's bought that car she was after. Yeah, oh, but she is just so lonely and old. She's though. so lonely and old though. She doesn't park it properly. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and she comes in and she's immediately the center of a, a really impressive uh, single take and um, <laughs> yes where she's... everyone is doing very subtle things that I only noticed on the sixth watch oh good and yeah she holds a baby she holds a Terrible. baby for a bit they're having this garden party with some of their less depressing friends and yeah. Ken and Leslie Manville yay yeah um, oh Phil Davies is also depressed great okay so yeah. they're not. They haven't got great options in general. No, no, not too much to choose from. But that, uh, the the young doctor with a you know with a husband and a baby, she's she's doing well. Ah, she's alright. Yeah, yeah. She sounds pretty on the ball. Husband's yeah, a bit go. useless, but but she's good. Manville takes the opportunity to f- uh, flirt with Paul Merton whilst uh, yeah. trying to dodge Ken. Uh, he used to be good yeah. looking when he was young. Look at the state of it now, though. Yeah, she's just looking at a picture of Britain. <laughs> And, um, it's, yeah, he is and, Britain. He's Britain personified. It's the only <laughs> allegory in the film, but it's palpable, mate. One allegory, and yeah. uh, that's all you need. And yeah, and and then Paul Merton tries to fuck Ken, so the triangle's complete. And then, <laughs> oh boy, yeah, hell is other uh, people. And then, yeah. and then, and then whatever. Next season, probably. Well, um, um, they do get an awkward car journey together, and um, yeah, oh, they do. Ends in a bit of a uh, bit of rejection for Ken there. Um, very yeah. well earned. Um. <laughs> yes, next season, and Broadbent is surprised by Paul Merton in the in his house, yeah. and his girlfriend not Izzy Sussy somehow. Yeah, yeah, I would be very surprised by Paul Merton <laughs> and his girlfriend not Izzy Sussy. Yeah, being in the home, and in his surprise, he does make a noise that has become that made something of an impression on me. Oh! Ah! What are you doing here, you I've come to surprise you, Joe. You <laughs> certainly did that. It's lovely to see you. Ah! Ah! Boo! <laughs> become He's a lovely man. Bent noise. A lovely, He's a talented lovely man. man. And um, He's very good. They're all getting on very well, just having <laughs> lovely innocuous chat. And then up shows lonely oh. Leslie Manville. Um, oh fuck yay, she's here. And uh, and is is not taking the news of Paul Merton's recent uh, betrothal uh, well. She's she's not liking Izzy Sussy very much. Yeah. she's not a peep show fan. But hey, at least she hides it well. You insured, Mary. Yeah, of course I'm insured. Well, that's something, isn't it? You can't drive a car without insurance, can you? It's illegal. No, but what I was saying is at least you'll be able to claim for your window, won't you? I know. At least you're here now, eh? What did you say your name was? Katie. That's true. (laughs) Oh, well. (laughs) Yeah, another season and another family get-together. Oh, good. They're going to Broadbent's brother's house, Walder Frey. Oh, yeah. well, maybe we'll meet some more happy characters. Oh, his wife's dead. Yeah. This, is, this is her funeral we're at. And his son's played by fucking, oh, what's his name? Carl. Uh, yeah, bad guy. What is it? <laughs> yeah, bad guy. Yeah. Um, he's late and he expected them to delay the funeral for him. And, uh, oh, he's going to be cool about that. Nah, goes bad. Unbelievable. Why oh, couldn't you wait? Another one coming up behind us. You can't wait. We can't wait five minutes. No. We did ask them. We asked them. Outrageous. What happened to you? Motorway was fucked up, wasn't it? You should have taken that into account, shouldn't you? I did. It's obviously not enough. I'll never forgive you for this, you know that, don't you? Nah, mate. Well, at least they got each other. <laughs> and, um... Yeah. yeah they, they, they try to stand up to the sun a little bit, and, um... A little bit. They suggest to Walter Frey, hey, come down, come and live with... Blah, blah, blah. Come and live with us. You don't want to be in the north. It's lovely mm. in middle-class London. And he doesn't know what any it of those words is. meant, so he agrees. <laughs> he comes and he brings his grey colour palette, palette with him. <laughs> And sometime later, the couple are back on their allotment, leaving Walder Frey at home, and oh shit, it's Leslie Manville at the door! Uh-oh. And it's time for it all to come to a head, but we shall leave it there for you to find for yourself. Yes. Mm. Mm. Seductive. Yeah. Innovative. Pure Intuitive. driving pleasure. Anyway. Uh, yeah, what do you think of another year again? <laughs> oh, I loved it, Paul. I, ah. 
I, I thought it was bloody amazing. Um, <clears throat> very good. Excuse me, sorry, I'm very <clears throat> throaty this morning. You're yeah, probably from how much I love this film. Um, yeah, <laughs> also, I, you're the Batman. <laughs> I loved it, and I am uh, justice for this city. Yeah, if, for, for, the, for the reasons that... Uh, in one part, for the reasons I initially loved it, I really do love the idyllic um, life that Tom and Jerry have. It is gorgeous. Yeah. You know, I've just got a list of scenes of theirs. You know, the allotment yeah. or like running stuff out to the car in the rain, cooking ar- arabiata. Yeah. You know, they're, they're just they're just so wonderful, and it is it is mm. such an ideal, um, um, perhaps a, a slightly unrealistic um, <laughs> one um, of you know a, a a life of luck and good circumstance and mm. just relative just happiness and contentment together. And yeah. and that is a really infectiously positive feeling that I still take away from this movie. It's very interesting that we're both uh, because I also love this movie, but we mm. are both drawn to the opposite ends of it. Well, you didn't let me finish, Paul. That's the thing. <laughs> Continue on that because I'll pick up and, and agree with you. Because for me, it's a devastatingly well observed and actually kind of intense movie, and in how it just yeah. focuses in on its characters, and in particular the way Lee's camera massively favors the unhappy ones. So yeah, it's a very melancholy film for all of its humanity mm. and empathy. Yes, this charming middle class couple are just surrounded by these deep wells of sadness and longing. Yeah. Um, people who didn't manage to get themselves happily married or into homeownership. Yeah. And even the little triumphs that they manage just feel conciliatory. Just, yeah. I'm getting a car. Oh, yeah. that's nice. That's good for considering. you. Considering. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Con- considering the loneliness. Yeah, you know how awful this is. Yeah. You just it's incredibly real. It's very uncomfortable. It really is very uncomfortable. Mm. And Manville is really good at playing just a barely held together wreck. Oh, fuck, she's incredible. She's she's yeah. so good, and it, well, th- yeah, this this is it. This this watch this watch through for me really did highlight the the unfairness and cruelty of the British state. Pretty much, it it felt way more present and profound. Um, mm. Like the the fact that circumstance is the difference between a happy life and a tragic one. Um, yeah. and the the people outside of their immediate family just are not able to communicate in the way Tom and Jerry can. And whenever they turn up to their house, they're so out of place. Um, mm. And they're, yes. they just they just they don't belong, despite the fact that they're friends. They don't fit. In, they don't fit in with this sort of um, this like this this ideal. They don't fit in with this yeah. idea of paradise or happiness. No, and it's curious seeing the scenes where they're alone together because um, mm. you know because they have this they are these little islands of calm, um, but they are just quietly judgmental of all of the friends and family yes. around them. Just little glances, and the yeah. only times we do see them alone, they are almost always talking about how unfortunate and what messes their, their sort of friends are. Yes. And, Suggesting that they just need to sort of pull it together um, yep. before sort of turning back to the newspaper and the glasses of wine. And there's yeah. a detachment there. That's yes. very interesting. Definitely. Mm. My goodness. Mm. She gets worse. Oh, no. Desperate. I feel a bit guilty. What? Well, you know. No. No, you're right. Because they, they, their attempts to help, I noticed, were kind of half-hearted. They, yes. T- Tom and Jerry were both, especially Tom, um, mm. he, he never felt uncomfortable in speaking frankly if he disagreed with what somebody, with something somebody said. Um, yes. But, uh, but he was then happy just to let their, their case go. Um, mm. But, you know, he'd suggest the walking holiday uh, you know that his mate needed to lose some weight and 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 start you know just looking after himself a bit better. But then when he doesn't say anything, it's well, you know I tried and um, yeah. and I did my thing, but I'm not going to interrupt my sort of piece. Yeah. And and anyway. as Jerry says to Leslie Manville later, you know her family comes first. So so yeah. these these characters all have a lot of they, they they these characters need to change to you know save their lives if you know if that's even possible, yeah. but. Well, they need what? to process what's happened to them because yeah. all of them have this immense sense of baggage and that mm. they're carrying wounds from the past, some of which we get to hear about, some of them we don't. Yeah. Like, we don't get to find out why Carl is so fucking angry with everyone, you know, no. but we do get to find out why um, Mary is just incredibly unhappy due to her sort of heartbreaks and heartaches of the past. Yeah. Well, Carl, Carl with Carl, it's implied that um, Walter Frey <laughs> is... Mm. Um, Bad dad. Ronnie is, yeah, is a, is a sort of either deadbeat or just a really absent dad really loveless dad yeah. and yeah. and um it was 
poison for the family but now yeah. you know he's the brother of um, Jim Broadbent so yeah he's getting taken care of and protected yeah. um what was really interesting for me is to to consider what it is that makes Broadbent and Sheen find happiness where so many of the people around them um some of whom have had the same opportunities as they have some of mm. whom haven't all end up lonely and sad you know is it their attitude is it what Jonathan Romney described in the independent as having the knack for living mm. you know but sometimes it just seems like the world is just dead set against Mary and Ken and their misfortunes are sheer luck like the fact yeah. that she you know leaves a bag in the car and almost immediately her car is broken into and yeah. just this miserable time and it just seems like this, then her own negativity becomes like a gravity well that bad things just fall into. Yeah, it, it's it's hard to know with Mary what she says, whether like what she, whether everything she's saying is true or what is exaggerated because you can well she's peppering her stories with little things like oh and then some guy was was it feeling trying to fill me up on the train or something and someone tried he, to he was looking at me on the train. Yeah. yeah, and and there are there are I get the idea that they're meant to be these little additions, like embellishments, to make the story even even more tragic. I never took her as disingenuous. That's interesting. Really? Ah, okay. Because mm. yeah, I I took her as very obviously very unwell, um, and and yeah. in, and definitely you know in need of help, as Ruth suggests, but also, uh, you know, she she overshares, and the fact that she 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 doesn't have that filter. Well, it's just the oversharing. Like she's got this compelling need mm. to sort of just talk very openly about her own life, and the, and it's always so obvious when she is lying, mm. like when she's trying to subtly put down uh, the new girlfriend, mm. you know, making little comments and such. But it doesn't necessarily extend to lying. The closest she mm. gets is uh, the secretary line, when she says, "Oh, you're a secretary, aren't you?" And she says, "What makes you think I'm a secretary?" Yeah. You know? and I thought, okay, maybe she was looking for a little wiggle room in there to lie about what she actually did, or yeah, right. Probably oh, just being defensive. Probably just being defensive, you know. Yeah. But you know, yes, I am a secretary. But what yeah. makes you think you know me? You know, even though yeah, it was earlier mentioned. So she's just being conceited. I but, yeah, that's interesting because I definitely took it that not obviously not the majority of stuff. The majority of what happened to her was true, but there are little things in there to emphasize it because she seems to be in this place where she gets she 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 feels like she has to she has to be this person to Tom and Jerry perhaps. And she ha- she has to be as yeah. tra- as tragic as possible, and it's not necessarily something she does intentionally, um, or um, uh, what's what's the word? Um, knowing knowingly, but it's just mm. yeah, the way she. Well, she's oblivious. Yeah, she's very oblivious to people around her, and um, and I think to her own actions as well, and the impact of those actions, you know. Mm. And she's also very possessed of these sort of bizarre fantasies in which yes. she thinks that she's going to get together with the son of the family and eventually yeah. needs to be confronted on that. Yeah. Um, but it's so, there's something so depressing as well about even her dressing down because ultimately she's very unhappy. Mm. She was hoping for some sort of unrealistic romantic, uh, yeah. unrealistically she was hoping for this romantic liaison with the son. And she's kind of talked down with the threat of, well, look, if you keep pursuing this, you're not going to be allowed here. Yeah, you know the paradise, you know the pl- the yeah. island of refuge for you, where yeah. you know you dread to walk away from, and you know therefore we have this over you. So please, you're going to have to, mm. you know, let go of that ridiculous hope of yours in order to continue to be allowed to come here. Yeah, and so the movie ends with that final shot that sees her, you know, where she wants to be, but completely removed. Yeah, and, and mm. when it gets to it's the conversation that they're having, and you can mm. tell how just completely not over their heads, but just exclusive of um, Mary and Ronnie. Uh, mm. It is. Because they're just talking about what they did yeah. after university. And, and like, yeah. it, like the Ronnie's expression, it would also just fucking amazing performance from David Bradley as well. Um, it oh, has, yeah. to, has to be said. Um, he looks mm. like he doesn't even know what the word university means, or he's never heard of the, the, the yeah. cities, the European, like uh, international cities that they mention are or yeah. where they are. And the two of them just look like, you know, they're there and they're guests, but they don't belong. And and it does leave and, and, and they'd linger on that final shot way longer than I remember. And it really did leave me with, yeah, there's this this much sour um, <laughs> uh, feeling, I guess. Uh, yeah. The the wider yeah. message. But on, Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. I mean, other, other than that, it, it's, it's, it is just so well put together and shot there yeah. are so many oh it's gorgeous there are these gorgeous long takes that give you time to appreciate all the players their nuanced reactions as as things are happening i'm thinking specifically yeah. of leslie manville when she turns up at the barbecue 
Yeah. And she tells her long, like extended story about how everything's gone wrong for her and people just trying to maintain the politeness, uh, you know, the, to include her. And then just every now and again, somebody will just, you know, just like scratch, scratch their face to hide yeah. the just pure intense irritation. Um, yeah. And, and or take a long sip of, of their, of their drinks of yeah. turning away to do so. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's 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 fantastic it's it's such a good film it really is i think that often gets overlooked in mike lee's films in general because we have cinematography here by dick mm. pope who's his regular and who also did supernova in 2020 which is mm. another gorgeous film oh wow yeah um and yeah he's doing really interesting things here he's um using different film stocks for each season and the effect is palpable the movie yep. gradually just drains of color as mm. you move into winter to the point where it just looks like a different movie mm in its final final act than the first two, mm. you know. And it's it's just yeah, very it's very powerful. <sighs> and and it's 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 the filmmaking process as well, like organically yeah. uh fleshing out these characters and, and what they say. Mm. Yeah. And and it just it's a real unique feeling. It really is. And I think there's nothing in it that's likely to date very much. There'll always be mm. you know, those who seem to get on in life and those who can't and this film mm. beautifully captures the humanity of both. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things we like to do with our copious amount of spare time is <laughs> watch a companion film mm. that has already been accepted up the annals of great cinema. Yeah. Um, Tokyo as a point Story. Of comparison. This time. Tokyo Story. Actually, Ozu wouldn't have been a bad shout. Yeah. Um, the most obvious thing to do here is to have a look at another British. Uh, British? British. 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 Hey, you speak British, British right? <laughs> you limey bastard. Um, is to take a look at another limey bastard kitchen sink drama. Yeah. And um, I think the one that had the greatest impact on Lee personally is David Lean's production of Noel Coward's This Happy Breed, mm. uh, which is a great movie, but a little sentimental that follows a middle class family from the end of the First World War to the beginning of the second. Okay. And it's a family drama. It has theatrical roots, you know, Noel Coward, um, who wanted to play the lead as a working class guy, but everyone was <laughs> like, nobody's going to buy that. But I am working class. Yeah, but you fucking haven't been presenting as working class this past 20 years of your career, mate, so no. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, the film directly influenced Lee and um, it has something of a repertory cast. Yeah, sure. David Lean's regulars, uh, including Celia Johnson, Um, uh, who is the focus of the movie and this really powerhouse central performance, which is another Mm. thing it has in common in this because you've got Leslie Manville right at the heart of this thing. Um, But I thought maybe it was too on the nose and I didn't know if it was going to be too helpful a comparison so okay. i thought contrast might be a better mm. way to go something a bit ruddier something a bit fucking andy you know what i mean yeah scouse yeah something a bit, a bit fucking andy uh, <laughs> rubbish uh <laughs> thought about thought about finally rewatching cares which i haven't done since it depressed me as a teenager but then realized that this was a golden opportunity to make you watch a terence davis so Yay. distant voices still lives And I don't want to watch any fucking Ken Loach. Leave me alone. No, no, not anymore, please. <laughs> We're trying to be happy. We're yeah. just trying to be happy. I'm There's trying to live my life quote. Tom and Jerry style. In every sense, I'm trying to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Paul, come and sniff there's my a, hammer. There's a. F- <laughs> smells like. Jam. <laughs> um, a, yes, this is the 1988 film, often regarded as one of the greatest but frequently underseen British films ever mm. made. Um, it follows a working class Catholic family across two periods of time the post war 40s and the pre rock and roll 50s. Mm. Uh, it's Davies versus Lee. Middle class family in London versus working class Liverpool. Leslie Manville versus Frida Dowie. Broadbent versus Postlethwaite. Oh yes, it's going to be a fucking Jesus. Barney. <laughs> Do you think Broadbent would lose that? But he's got the strength of a bear. And yeah, he he's a big man. Club Postlethwaite <gasps> with his open, with like a, the palm of his fist until his ribs yeah, broke. Postlethwaite's fucking mental though. He's got a brick he's tasty. in his pocket. Yeah, yeah. He's got he's got two he's very got small house. knives in each hand. <laughs> I'll fucking cut you. There's a town reference. But yeah, now we're going to do a full review of it on the Patreon this week. But Paul, how do you think it compares? It's 
more openly confronting, I think, than another year. Mm. Um, uh, uh, another yeah. year gives you uh, gives you tiramisu, and it, within the tiramisu <laughs> is broccoli. Where, whereas <laughs> this this is this is the, they've boiled the broccoli down until it's just mush. Yeah, it's gross. And then they've yeah. flung it in your face <laughs> and gone, lick it up, lick it. And and but there's strawberries in there too. Is the trick? Oh, and that's how they get you. Oh, Pete Postlethwaite goes, ah, here. Here you go. There's a strawberry, and then um, <laughs> and I don't know, I don't know where Pete Postlethwaite's from, but no, no, I, I, he no was idea. Irish in the town, so um, I, and, and probably not even that Irish. I just did Belfast. He's actually but... Lanks. No oh, shit. So you just do your Lank impression. Lank. Oh, I'm lanky. Whoa. <laughs> It's high up, thin air up here. So yeah, but he gives you a strawberry, and you go, oh, "That's lovely," and then he yeah. puts his cock in your mouth. <laughs> so, and that's um, this wonderful film. Anyway, yeah, this very, this very um, touching, emotionally affecting, and confronting film. Distant life, still yeah. voices. It's um, it's not distant life, still voices at all. Um, <laughs> fucking hell! I just I've written this in like it's the Marcy Martha May Marlene again, Paul. It's just <laughs> like who knows what it Look. is. Some films are complicated, and that's fine. Distant yeah. voices still lives. So, distant voices distant still voices lives. Distant voices like the radio, I think, is the idea. It's like, yeah, although it's so memory, isn't it? It's like the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Distant voices, but now lives. And then the still, still lives are just sort of stagnating. After the possible flight leaves, but has anything yeah. changed? Yeah, uh, mm. not particularly. Uh, no. And yeah, it, it, it is very, it is very confronting um, because you know depictions mm. of abuse and yes. Um, just, just general marital strife and a very sort of sheenless, um, in all the senses. Mm. There's not a single sheen family member in there, but it's also not a particular. It's not glossy, <laughs> um, mm. and and yet it's a it's a unique film. Um, yes. in its framing device for one thing. Um, I I loved the yeah. the use of you know singing and storytelling. It feels <laughs> oh, jingles, don't get so upset. Oh, come on. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. To, to, to sort of, in one way, it's, you know, their their way of connecting to the past. Uh, and that's tradition. And tradition, in a yeah. lot of ways, is what's sort of, is what's controlling everything. And it's what's keeping everybody yeah. in this in this situation. Um, mm. I love the fact that it was just, it's a cure-all. It's like, hey, keep singing, everyone. We've got yeah. an abusive husband over here. Keep singing. And, <laughs> it's um, just the way they process things. Like they can't yeah. actually just start, you know, holding each other and crying about how awful, you know, yeah. post-war Britain is. And so yeah. they watch a movie instead yeah. and cry at that. Yes. And yeah. yeah, it was just, yeah, unique movie, mm. unique directing oh, yeah. style, I think. It offers that the way it focused on characters was offering portraits, you know, it, it, like visually portraits, but also th- mm. uh, metaphorically portraits of these characters. Um, mm. I, I'm thinking of the, sh- the shot when the, the daughter, I forget her name, she opens the door to see Pete Postlethwaite mm. there and you just sit with her yeah. as her face changes and then completely yeah. drops. And it, yeah, it's, there's a real intimacy. Yeah, hospital. Yeah, there's a real intimacy there that's really, yeah. it just kind of scrapes at the soul, doesn't it? It really does. Um, yeah, I think Distant Voices Still Lives is more overtly bleak, yes. uh, with scenes of just horrifying domestic violence, whilst another year leaves all of its injuries off screen and focuses on the scars that are mm. left. Um, although there are some definite fresh wounds delivered to uh, um, Ken and Mary during the film mm. um, of a milder sort, of a less physical sort, but equally mm. devastating. Um, stylistically, Lee is going for naturalism and manages it really effortlessly and beautifully, mm. although with some fanciful um, elements to it as well. Mm. Whilst Davies deliberately constructs evocative but artificial images, I thought. Mm. So she, no, but it's not naturalism. It's very unnatural framing, like a tableau mm. vivant with characters mm. sort of looking out at us, you know, in a sort of yeah. picture, picturesque kind of way. Because mm. it's more about the memory and it kind of yes. has this conceit of this isn't, this isn't what what we're showing isn't the reality it's my memory of yeah. the reality by sheen just to be clear i don't mean that mm. it's lacking a, a polish i mean that it's um mm. it's it's showing it's, it's not glossy it's, yeah it's 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 showing a very grim reality through mm. this um framing yeah. i think it is i think both use an interesting structure to explore these lives um mm. another year has this fabulous conceit of it's more or less for sundays 
Yeah. Some of them are stretched over a couple of days, but for the most part, it's four Sundays, uh, one from each season that we yeah. get to experience. Whereas Distant Voices Still Lives is first of all split in two. We get a Distant Voices and then Still Lives, mm. um, which were actually made two years apart by fairly different crews. Mm. Um, and it takes a more abstract approach in terms of its structure and moving around in time, which actually feels very similar to the other Terrence um, mm. in terms of how we sort of travel through yeah. streams of consciousness. So they both they both use these inf- interesting structures, um, which I really enjoy. Um, and I think both films capture the idea that what we're seeing are snapshots of much more complex lives that extend beyond the frame. Mm, yeah. Like Lee did his whole thing of, you know, we're going to work out a character history for everyone, even if it doesn't make it into the movie. and But it's going to inform what you do, which is felt yeah. particularly with characters like Broadbent's brother, mm. who's just this deeply damaged man. But... Every yeah. so often you get, you'll see it in my quickfire, you get a little glimpse of, yeah. the, of the life he used to have. Um, yeah. Or with Imelda Staunton's character. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Jesus uh, Christ. Just yeah. The, this, this sort of bristling, just what was the history there? self-loathing and anger and frustration, yeah. just desperate to come out, but unable when you just, yeah. you know, there's something there. Yeah, absolutely. And I felt the same thing in, um, in DVSL where, um, <laughs> Where we would get like just a snapshot of like a wedding day, for example, or yeah. a funeral, and you, you you never get the sense that oh they've just staged this like shot here. Yeah. No, this was definitely a full thing. We're just seeing mm. this little bit of it. Yeah. You know, it feels like a whole you know day in this, this these people's lives. Yeah. Um. But yeah, DVSL is about memory and loss. Whilst for me, another year felt like it was about getting older and loneliness. Yeah. So similar things going on, similar senses of melancholy yeah. that are building. Um. And both films, I think, show how complex people are. Yeah. That no one is straightforward. That they're not, yeah. and neither film is romantic or sentimental, but show the good and the bad in equal sort of power. Yeah, you know, another year has these wonderful sort of pastoral kind of moments in it, along mm. with these crippling moments of loneliness. Yeah, you know, and uh, DVSL has similar things. These wonderful sort of moments of elation in the pub together, as everybody's mm. singing and sort of united in song, or little moments of connection out on the street as they're having cigarettes. And Pete um, Postlethwaite himself, the the, the, Pete, the character, the yeah. father is just is One minute so feeding his wife, and yeah. then just hanging Chris, tenderly hanging Christmas stockings on his kids' beds. You know, yeah. just Ugh. such as life. You know, yeah. and it's it's that's if anything even more uncomfortable than just a straight up cartoon. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think I think the comparison is favourable, and it demonstrates two mm. equally valid and sublime approaches to capturing a sense of patterns repeating in life and yeah. people caught up in unhappiness. But yeah, both remember to include the joy and simple comforts that keep us all ticking along. Yeah, the British. <laughs> the British don't have fun anywhere else. <laughs> they it's don't need we, to. It's the closest thing we have. Mm. Yeah, there's no need. <laughs> yeah, shall we quick fire? Yeah, let's quick fire. Watch both of these films, everyone. Watch both of these films. They're really quite wonderful. Uh, yeah, do you want to start? Yeah, sure. So the contrast between the softly spoken, affectionate, but slightly sort of institutionalised doctor and the harsh, deeply troubled Imelda Staunton and her her single-mindedness with just needing mm. the sleeping tablets. Yeah. she has. She, she's just trying to drive towards it and she can't because the doctor is trying to ask her questions to ascertain whether she's going to yeah. abuse them or, you know, die. Yeah. It's, well, it's, yeah. God, it's such, and- such an affecting scene. It really is. Um, yeah, and Staunton was fantastic, and just the whole appointment was just really awful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I like the fact that at that first dinner dinner back in spring, mm. when Manville is saying various things, and she's kind of bristling against um, Ruth Sheen's character a bit, Yeah. Um, and Broadbent's just not really noticing. Like, mm. he gets the overall vibe, but in the minutia, he's just kind of moving around, doing his own thing. Yeah. It was just pottering, essentially. Yeah. And I just, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, me too. I did also enjoy his. For one thing, it, it sort of speaks to a, a like a cruelty on his part, but um, his mock concern over Leslie Manville, uh, yeah. of her story, um, you know, about the bloke looking at her on the train. He's not taking yeah. it very seriously, which is which yeah. is what suggested to me that it could have been an embellishment, but it could also have been him assuming assuming that. Either, either way, it's whether for whatever reason it is, it's just a really brilliant dynamic on yeah. on screen there and also it is. but yeah but then his he has these sort of not shocked but alarmed reactions that the camera occasionally cuts to yeah. um which we're getting 
getting laughs out of us because yeah. for one thing Jim Broadbent is just amazing and yeah he's and, and, and delivers it you know, really well but it, yeah and it is played for I, for laughs as well I think the yeah. the fact of it so it's yeah. very sort of conflicting uh, experience it is and I think with regards to his sort of um, when she mentions um, you know being felt up on the train or, mm. or by someone and he sort of does that look I think there's just a general sense with him which I've I've seen in I think my dad used to be a bit like this mm. which is just ah uh, typical typical her you know mm. even though it's something that was entirely out of her control of course these things mm. just kind of happen you know mm. and she it's like blaming the person for the experiences mm. they've had um, and just being like, well, you know, if you were somehow in some nebulous term better, mm. then these things wouldn't necessarily mm. happen and we could have a normal lunch. That's but that's in a, interesting. In a fairly endearing way, I think. Nevertheless. Yeah, it's the endearing side that I, mm. I, I don't feel like he'd have, he'd be looking at it in that darker way. But mm. well, I think it's just typical, you know, typical mm. for her. Of course, of course this happened, mm. you know. It's always a disaster. Like when Colin uh, bursted, rolls his eyes when his mum falls down the step, you know. Yeah. Colin yeah. Burst, it just yeah of course you know <laughs> it was her reaction to it that he's rolling his eyes out right just the, the, the oh no the he scream does it before the... then the minute she's down it's just like oh you've already managed to fucking hurt yourself oh well, I, like... I see that as her exaggerating the fall even it's she it's just oh, oh fucking whatever yeah. you know like a normal yeah. person wouldn't trip like that yeah I mean that's it it's just oh fuck me you've already managed to make this a disaster yeah <laughs> <sighs> there's, there's something about the sterility of the counselling room when the Melda mm. Staunton's there, there's something just, you know, it's very NHS, isn't it? Um, yeah. <laughs> they're like, there are posters about washing hands or um, about yeah. definitely speak to your doctor if you're feeling sad or tired or whatever. Yeah. And, and you know, again, back to a Melda Staunton's just incredible performance. Um, mm. But then juxtaposed with this sterile NHS counselling room, it feels like yeah. the least suitable place to have this kind of conversation. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but it's just you know, it's just how things are. It's just yeah. the way it works. Um, there's a moment where they're talking about the Ring of Kerry, and she mm. says, oh, what's that, or something like that, and Jim Broadbent refer- um, clarifies and says, the Ring of Kerry, it's an area, and I challenge you to communicate less information than that. <laughs> oh, an area. Oh, I've always been meaning to go to one of those. <laughs> I've heard a lot a lot on the on the grapevine about these areas. This <laughs> is such a geologist term, but also maybe he meant to carry on, but then just immediately <laughs> gets interrupted. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now I, I've I've got it written down. Actually, why what I've conf- uh, described as Jim Broadbent's confused horror face is like he, he. I think he says something, and Leslie Manville goes, "Yeah, that's what all the boys say," and then cue his horror face. <laughs> yeah. Manville is about to leave, and I think Sheen makes some reference to, "Oh, you best be off." And she turns mm. and looks down the street, and it's just really sinister because we get like the street's perspective at her. Mm. It's like the the prospect of the loneliness that she's returning mm. to, just looking back at her, mm. and she just immediately like looks at it con- contemptively for a minute, and then turns back and sort of comes up with just some reason to spend just a f- few more seconds in the company mm. of um, Tom and Jerry, and it's just yeah, really really devastating. It is, yeah, pretty crushing. Leslie Manfield just have the has these lovely sort of self observations. Um, mm. throughout she'll she'll be talking about you know she's got a car and she's going to be independent and that's great or she's mm. t- I think she was talking about yeah. uh, when when she's drunk and in between tears she's talking about her divorce or the guy yeah. that she was with but had a wife and that didn't go well yeah. obviously and she, mm. and then she just goes I blame my big heart and, and there's just something yeah. there's, there's something about making those kinds of observations about yourself um, yeah. which are just wonderfully one-eyed Oh gosh, she was so tragic. She reminded me yeah, of Brenda Blevins' character in Secrets and Lies, just mm, okay. barely managing to hold it together and just mm. desperate that everyone else thinks that she is. That was, uh, yeah. It's really good. Um, okay, the golf shot. So Broadbent mm. is going to take a shot at golf, mm, yeah. and it's a long build-up, and we're all waiting quietly. And then just as he's about to do it, Ken fucking uh, was he to blow his nose or yell he, something? He, and- he mock sneezes. I knew you were going to do that. Oh my life! I had to put up with this nonsense from you, and I'm not going to have it any longer. It's really lovely. It's easily the nicest thing to happen with Ken in the entire movie. Yeah, the um, yeah, the other the other moment is is um, Jim Broadbent jumping on his back when oh, um, yeah, when, when he's at home. It's just yeah, it's just straight. They're, they're back to being yeah, like loud kids basically. And yeah. It's, it's, it's so wonderful tragic. to see, yeah. But it is, yeah. But like, yeah, the fact that it is so wonderful is 
yeah, the, it's, means that it's more so tragic. horrible about their dynamic is, yeah, the mm. happiness of it just reminds you of what it is they've lost, you know, and mm. what they probably were like when they were both kids and yeah. a little happier, a little more idealistic. Um, I Ugh. really like the background to the golf course as well. Whilst they're walking across mm. the green, there's just these four ugly uh, tower blocks in the background. <laughs> it's the least yes, picturesque golf that. course in the yeah. world. Yeah. I wondered what they were doing with that, because if this is part of Tom and Jerry's world, surely the golf course should have also been beautiful, but it was really mm. scummy. Mm. Just this yeah. city, city golf. <laughs> you city golf. <laughs> four. Four. Some, some bloke just constantly. <laughs> whatever that is. All right, golf puffs. Ignore him. Ignore him. <laughs> <laughs> ah. 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 Ladies. Wow. Um. Oh, Broadbent, speaking of tender moments of bonding with Broadbent, him mm. helping his brother to pack um, after mm. he's agreed finally to come down to London and he's just sort of picking out the clothes that his brother's going to need whilst he just kind of stands there looking despondent was, yeah. yeah, very affecting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, David Bradley in general was amazing. Um, yeah. He, uh, yeah, he, he just t- mm. totally despondent, has no idea how oh, to process man. what's happened to him and he, he's just yeah. in, a, in a haze for the, the entirety of his uh, appearance yeah. and when they, they offer offer a place for him in london um if yeah. you want to stay with him and they you know he goes away and thinks about it and then um he comes back into the room and they say oh have you thought about it or what do you say and his mm. acceptance of it is just heartbreaking because like yeah. for the one of the only times in the movie like you just see a little bit of emotion in his face just which yeah. is just like surprise <laughs> nothing yeah. nothing as strong as happiness or sadness what do you reckon you might as well, do you feel a bit better? Are you sure? Yeah. Hmm. Okay, good. Oh, Fuck, God, just crushing. The other moment I noticed is that he has this very long and slightly strange conversation with Leslie Manville, where it's not quite Gosh, clear that's... what yeah. she's up to, but there's a moment where she mentions um, if he li- he asked she asked if he liked the Beatles. Did she like the Beatles? They were all right. I was more Elvis. Jerry Lee Lewis. Yeah. And just for a moment when he remembers those, yeah, you just see the light returning in his la- in his eyes and he remembers yeah. what it was like to be young and in love with Jerry Lee Lewis. And Yeah. yeah I can't remember what wonderful. the other moment is, but he, he res- there's, she asks him a question and his response is, nah. And again, he, he has a sort of, <laughs> come on, look in, in his eyes. Mm. And again, it's just that, just something of his past in there. And man, the man he was, but that whole that whole scene was one of the mm. highlights of the movie for me because there's oh, these yeah. two people who are incapable of communicating in a in a real two sided yeah. way, yeah. Uh, and it it goes on for a long time. <laughs> this, it does. this conversation it's a very long and one, yeah. with see, like multiple with a few scene changes as well, yeah. and um, it, it's masterful just watching the two really of them is. just scrape and, and and just try for something meaningful, and yeah. and and their their ways of getting through life. Uh, the, you know that they've sort of become entrenched in for the last however many years yeah. just just butt heads they just do not have a way of yeah. of sparking anything it is yeah. remarkable that scene yeah you're right mate they are both butt heads okay so yeah. <laughs> um i really like broadbent standing up to carl um yes. so he comes in and he's like shit uh, shannon's dad and really laying out and you know it's his brother you know and he's yeah. there and he just there's something cathartic about seeing him just sort of turn it back on Carl and sort of just make things worse demonstrably make things worse this is not the good response here but yeah it's just something cathartic to seeing him do it and standing up for his you know very quiet brother yeah his wife's just died his wife didn't much care for her when she was alive did you beg your pardon did you care for her Carl Tom I care for her in my own way Carl what way was that then do you know how I felt about her did she? Shut it. Don't tell me how to behave in my own house. Not your house, though, is it? My house just as much as it is his. Tom. Yeah. yeah, it's really, really great yeah. term from Broadbent as well. Yeah, and it's probably the only moment of, like, really heightened, you know, drama in the movie. Yeah. You know, good old Barney yeah. kind of thing. But, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it's very good. I agree. Really, ju- just just Tom and Jerry in general, I you know, the their ease together um, when... Their son Paul Merton is at the allotment, and they're asking when it's going to be his turn f- to get married. And he, uh, and he goes, "Oh, you know, a week on Wednesday." And Ruth goes, oh, "I had no idea." And Broadbent just goes, oh, "I knew," and you know, sips his tea <laughs> in the yeah. uh, in the allotment. is a wonderful moment. Yeah, 
I really like Jerry's watchful gaze in the, in the barbecue mm. scene after she sends um, Joe, the son, Pullman, the sends mm. him away to get her another drink and Leslie Manville yeah. is there with Ruth and Ruth kind of knows what Leslie, the designs she has on his yeah. on her son and she has yeah. this watchful sort of eagle gaze yeah. that she employs from then and there's just, there's, there's a real inner strength there and it's, at, yeah. you know, everyone outside of her family's expense but it's a powerful moment for her, I think, yeah. as is a later yeah. one where she um, confronts uh, Leslie Manville about about her attitudes towards her son. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, Manville offering, again, to return to that scene uh, one last mm. time, Manville mm. offering a cuddle to David mm. Bradley, um, yes. which he doesn't take, but then after yeah. that he accepts the tea. Yeah. You know, because he's turned down tea a couple of times and she asks, he, she asks him if he wants a cuddle <laughs> yeah. and he says no and then... Then he accepts tea, which is very nice. Yeah. I also quite like the moment of just him agreeing to let her into the house. He's got her in the street and she's mm. like, list, she's describing the house. Yeah. You know, and he's just stood there completely unreadable. And then after a bit, he's just like, yeah, all right. And then lets yeah. her in <laughs> yeah. really abruptly. I can give you a description of the house if you like. When you go in the kitchen, the cooker's on the right. And the sink's straight in front of you, and on the left is yeah, yeah, a yeah. little cupboard. Yeah. What a great scene! <laughs> really, good um, scene. yeah, I, I think that's that's it. There's obviously it's a it's a movie of a hundred thousand tiny moments that I could list, but uh, I feel yeah. that encompasses what I loved about it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm on to my last, and that is the final shot of the movie, mm. uh, which I don't want to spoil, but yeah, it's just such a devastating moment that completely encapsulates exactly what this movie has been about mm. as the sounds of merriness just kind of fade away and we sort of just yeah. focus in on you know who is revealed to be the main character of the movie and has been mm. you know the focus of the sort of emotional heart of the whole thing yeah. and it's just a really really powerful moment and demonstrates once again Lee's tremendous empathy that he has yeah. for people who are lost yeah definitely I may have an- analysed that a bit and spoiled it for the audience anyway. But uh, <gasps> earlier, but that's okay, because... It's okay. No one listens to what I say anyway. Yes, they do. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I-, I listened to it, you piece of shit. Now I'm going to get you. <laughs> fuck, who was that? <laughs> Paul? Paul? It was third Paul. Paul? It's bad oh, Paul. Shit. He doesn't oh, speak God. up much. Well, be- before he get- before he awakes the from The original Paul Merton. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I can't take his particular brand of comedy right now. <laughs> Anymore. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm done as well. Oh, cool. All right, then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I caught a, a, a flutter. Uh, how about oh. the OG team? Oh, my God. The OG team. I don't think anyone got in touch because it's uh, as is the premise of these episodes. I don't think too many <laughs> people have seen this. You read out the ones for old again. Oh, yeah. Okay. So uh, BT Calloway says um, the dog just died, <laughs> but he was alive just a few minutes ago. Uh, oh, that was that's a great brilliant. bit. I love it when Ruth Sheen says that. God. And you wouldn't so expect funny. her to say it either, because you think, what, there's no dog in the movie at all. <laughs> what dog are you talking about? But, you know, such is the um, amazingness of M. Mike Shyamalan. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, <laughs> well, let me check the bit of my chest where I get every comment that's put onto the Patreon tattooed. You get all the ladies to sign. <laughs> With OG team comments. <laughs> Yeah, no, nothing. So yeah, um, no new tattoos. No, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know they do sneak them in sometimes. So thank you for checking. <laughs> um, yeah. Look, not surprising. I don't think too yeah. many people have seen this. Uh, and you yeah. now is your time. Go watch Absolutely. it. Absolutely, it's, it's wonderful. If you ever Go want to know what Britain's it. about. <laughs> Go watch it and then let us know. Give us, get in touch. Let us know if you watched it and what you thought of it. Um, we'd yeah. really absolutely love your feedback and. Yeah, if um, anything of what we've said encouraged you to check it out or Distant Voices Still Lives, then we would love to hear it. Beautiful. But what if I want to hear us talk more about Distant Voices Still Lives? Oh, well, then you can sign up to Patreon, uh, motherfuckers, where for as little as a dollar a month, you'll get access to that, including... Oh, no. We, yeah, where we have also released our reviews of our number 11s in, pa- in, in Patreon in our top 30 for 2021, Summer of the Gods and The Hand of God. Oh, uh, so much God action. Yeah, and more. We'll be reviewing the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie soon, so that's something that everybody's going to be very yes. interested in, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, uh, other than that, you can get in touch with us on Twitter and Facebook at OGTPod. You can send us an email at gmail at OGTPod at gmail.com. Um, 
if you if you want to help this podcast out and you haven't done so far why not leave us a review that's what's going to get us oh out there God. even more and help us keep making more of the things we love to do oh why wouldn't you do that that would be such yeah, a good exactly. thing to do Knowing that you could, and you could, you could just write, oh, they asked me to do it on the podcast, so here it is. And if 100 people did that, the, the exact same thing, imagine how funny that would be. Would it get us more listens? Maybe. Maybe, I don't um, know. That's maybe. not why I do things. Yeah, it's worth finding out, right? Right? Yeah. I'm an art new... installation. <laughs> a walking, talking one. Some, some said I shouldn't be talking or breathing, but here I am. Um, we, we also have an actual play D&D podcast called Quest Fantastic. Fuck yeah, we do. We're both in it. Some other people are too. Uh, you know them. I don't even need to tell you their names. I don't remember seeing you there. No, I'm there in spirit. I'm, I'm again, abstract. Oh, okay. um, oh yeah. You're a, you're a pile of cabbages. I remember. That's it. Yeah. 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 You saw him yeah. rustling away over the hills and far away. <laughs> I'm Paul's tomato that fell under the desk and nobody remembers. I'm the foot stamping on that tomato forever. <laughs> no. It's a bleak future for us all. And remember, <laughs> during that future, that the one good thing about another year is that it's just really when you get to the heart of it so much more than ooh <laughs> dance sucker <laughs>